In this presentation, we will discuss how to figure cost of goods sold, discussing materials and supplies, other costs, inventory at end of year. With relation to a sole proprietorship, generally reporting on a Schedule C, this information can be found in Publication 334. Materials and Supplies Materials and supplies, such as hardware and chemicals, used in the manufacturing goods are charged to cost of goods sold. Those that are not used in the manufacturing process are treated as deferred charges. You deduct them as a business expense when you use them. Business expenses are discussed in Chapter 8. So materials and supplies, if they're going to be used at the production, in the production, or be part of the ending inventory, then they'll be here on uh, line 38, materials and supplies in the calculation of cost of goods sold. This would typically apply if we're talking about manufacturing type of companies. So we're just buying and selling inventory, probably won't have anything in materials and supplies because we're just going to have the items that we purchase and then sell in uh, the purchases line up top. Back to the text. Other costs. Example of other costs incurred in a manufacturing or mining process that you charge to your cost of goods sold are as follows. So note, again, we're specific here to manufacturing or mining. If we're not in manufacturing or mining, if we're just buying and selling inventory, we probably don't have anything in the other costs line. So uh, containers, containers and packages that are an integral part of the product manufactured are a part of your cost of goods sold. If they are not an integral part of the manufactured product, their costs are, ship, are shipping and selling costs. So container costs could be included. Freight in, so freight in, express in, cartage in on raw material supplies you use in production and merchandise you purchase for sale are all parts of the cost of goods sold. So the items that we have to uh, ship in as part of the freight in order to get the materials with is going to be included in some area typically in the cost of goods sold. Overhead expenses. Overhead expenses uh, include expenses such as rent, heat, light, power, insurance, depreciation, taxes, uh, maintenance, labor, and supervision. So these items, note, they're going to be, again, important in overhead when we consider the cost of goods sold calculation for a manufacturer. So if we have a manufacturer, you can think of it as basically if like you can imagine manufacturing happening in a separate factory as opposed to like where the managerial decisions are made in like an office building. So anything to the factory that we can't apply directly to the, the work that's not applied directly to what we're making in terms of inventory is, is basically considered overhead typically. So if we had rent on the factory, heat on the factory, light in the factory, power in the factory, insurance in the factory, or the factory equipment, depreciation in the factory or the factory equipment, taxes, property taxes on the factory, factory equipment possibly, maintenance on the factory equipment. Uh, you know, these types of things are items that are part of the inventory. We, we need, we, the only reason we have the factory is to make inventory. So they should be in some way included in inventory, but we don't know which job, which specific inventory to apply them to. We have to use some type of allocation method to do so. That's why we generally think of them as uh, overhead type expenses usually and group them into a separate kind of bucket that we would typically have other expenses or overhead type expenses. Back to the text. The overhead expenses you have as direct and necessary expenses of the manufacturing operation are included in your cost of goods sold. Add lines 35 through 39. So of course we're considering here adding li lines 35 through 39 which is the beginning inventory plus purchases and all this other stuff 
that it's related to basically manufacturing. If we were a manufacturing process, if we were not, it would look kind of like this where we don't have anything on these items and just have this line 35 or 36 and 35 to get to line 40. Back to the text. The total of line 35 through 39 equals the cost of goods available for sale during the year. So think about the significance of that just to understand this calculation. Of course, this is the beginning inventory. And if you think about the year as a whole, what we purchased, it doesn't matter when we purchased it, in January or December or the middle of the year, whenever we purchased it, we, we had it at some point during the year. So if you think about it as like one lump time section, we had beginning inventory plus the stuff we purchased sometime in the year. That's the maximum amount of things inventory that we could have sold measured in dollars during the year. We couldn't have sold it all at one time because we didn't have it all at one time. But, you know, we had at any given time throughout the entire year, we had available to sell at some point throughout the entire year, that 80000 in in our example, that's the cost of goods available for sale. Of course, we didn't sell all of it because we're going to have ending inventory. And the difference between what was available in ending inventory will typically be the cost of goods sold. Inventory at end of year. Subtract the value of your closing inventory, including as appropriate the allocable parts of the cost of raw materials and supplies, direct labor and overhead expenses from line 40. Inventory at end of the year is also known as closing or ending inventory. Your ending inventory will usually become, become the beginning inventory for the next year. So again, remember our ending inventory is going to be here. And normally we, we could think of the ending inventory usually as kind of like the physical count. We can count. So if we look at our, our example, we have beginning inventory plus purchases gives us the cost of good available for sale minus ending inventory. That's the cost of goods sold. Ending inventory from a periodic system should be something that we could physically count. We can count the inventory we have usually. And if we can apply a unit cost to it, then we can usually get the dollar amount of the invent ending inventory. That's one way you can think of it. And, and remember, if we don't know any of these items, we looked at this in a prior presentation. If there's only one unknown in these items, we should be able to back into any other number. We should be able to calculate straight through to get to the cost of goods sold. But if I know cost of goods sold because it's on the income statement and I don't know any of these other numbers, we should be able to, just using algebra, one unknown, figure out whatever the unknown is. Just with the same type of formula, you can go through and figure that out. Ending inventory, remember, should be uh, the same. It's going to be the ending inventory this year. It's going to be the same as the beginning ending inventory last year normally typically hopefully just as the beginning inventory this year is the same as the ending inventory last year normally hopefully typically so in other words this number which is the beginning inventory this year 2018 hopefully was the ending inventory on the tax return last year if it's not then we better explain it or expect to explain it at some point in the future because the irs will probably question it or could question that that could you know, automatically, of course, their computer system could just see that and say, oh, this doesn't tie out. They don't need a person to see that that wouldn't tie out. So this number down here, then the 40500 would need to tie out to the beginning balance in 2019 on this cost of goods sold calculation for that year. Line 42, finally, we get to the cost of goods sold. When you subtract the closing inventory inventory at the end of the year from the cost of goods available for sale, the remainder is your cost of goods sold during the tax year. 
And that, of course, is what we've been looking for, that cost of goods sold number. Hopefully, that number ties out to the income statement. In our example, here's our income statement. Hopefully, it ties out to that income statement number that we have because that's what we're using in order to uh, agree our income statement to what will be on page one, that cost of goods sold on line 42, then going to page one within our calculation of gross profit. We see the income calculation, income in line one, cost of goods sold in line four, giving us our gross income. We can see down here or gross profit, then the gross income in uh, line seven. Then we're going to take our other type of expenses that we're going to take from our income statement and get down to basically the net taxable income, which we'll have called the tentative profit, we'll say on line 29. That at this point is tying out in our example problem to the 43.217. If we make any changes to the cost of goods sold, it won't tie out. So we got to make sure that if we make any changes to the cost of goods sold, we make those changes to our worksheet as well as we go forward.